The following is an encore edition of WSJ Podcasts. I'm Lisa Lutoff-Perlow, President and CEO of Celebrity Cruises. I was really fortunate in 2014 to be the first woman appointed to this role and the first woman CEO of a publicly traded cruise line. So, yeah, that's what I do. Women ask for what they want when they believe they're 100% ready for a job, and men do it when they're 60% ready for the job. It's hard to ask, but once I did it once, I found it very easy. So my advice is always find the courage to do it once, and don't wait until you're 100% ready, because other people aren't. The people you're competing with for these opportunities are not waiting until they're 100% ready. So don't cut yourself out of the game. This is Secrets of Wealthy Women from The Wall Street Journal helping women empower themselves financially. Now, Veronica Dagger. Lisa Lutoff-Perlow is the president and CEO of Celebrity Cruises. She explains how she persevered in the travel industry and now leads a multi-billion dollar vacation brand. So most of the travel decisions and families are made by women. So do you find it surprising or ironic that you're one of the few female CEOs in this industry? Both. And I have thought often about that since I have been appointed to this job. And it's a huge opportunity for me as a president and CEO of a vacation brand. Being a woman and uh, contrary to what many people say, I have found the women I have come in contact with and I've come in contact with many since I started my job. They're extremely supportive. I believe I understand what they're looking for in their family vacation. I can relate to them. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's really good for our business that I am a woman running a vacation brand. How there's so few of you, though? Good question. But let's look around corporations in general. I don't think our industry is any different. I think that women CEOs still make up a very small percentage of businesses that are run, uh, especially in public companies or corporations. Uh, there are probably more of them in either the entrepreneurial or not not-for-profit sector. So I th- don't think our industry is any different than any others. I just think it's our time to start catching up. Randy, you were turned down for the CEO celebrity post twice before you got it. What would you tell us about that experience? Um, yeah, so you found out about that, huh? Uh, yes, I did. Well, let me tell you that the two people before these jobs opened up uh, were men. They were my boss, and they were running both of our big brands within our company. And when they vacated their position, either moving over to another division of our company or actually leaving for another opportunity outside of a company, they both recommended me for their job. The ultimate decision lies with our chairman, and uh, so he didn't feel that I was ready. So I asked him the first time after I was recommended. He didn't give me the job then. He gave me a bigger job, but not that job that I wanted, which is the job I currently have. And then 18 months later, uh, the next president and CEO of Royal Caribbean was moving over at the time, and he also recommended me for his job. And then Richard, I went into his office, and um, yeah, he told me once again that uh, he didn't think I was ready, even though I asked him for the job the second time. I made it clear to him that I wasn't happy about the decision. And I also made it clear to him that I was going to prove him wrong. And uh, eight months later, he finally did uh, appoint me to president and CEO. How did you not lose confidence and just keep trying? You know, that's a really good question. And I talk about that a lot as I get the opportunity to talk to women because women don't often ask for what they want. And then I believe when faced with rejection, it's human nature to retreat. And I think because women haven't advanced that far yet, they have a tendency to 
maybe retreat a little sooner than they should. I think it's internal uh, more than anything. I think a no for me is motivation to turn it into a yes. And while I made my thoughts clear about his thoughts about me not being ready, I never used it in a way that was negative or counterproductive to what I was eventually trying to accomplish. So I just uh, went back and said, I'm going to prove him wrong and I'm going to do what I need to do to do that. And ultimately, I did do that. And you have to have the results that you need to get these jobs. I think the only way you really lose confidence is if you don't get those results that are the things that make you a viable candidate for the job. So it wasn't confidence that I lost. It was more irritation that I had, but I, I, I just became more determined to turn the no into a yes. He couldn't say no forever. What's your advice for other women <laughs> who are deciding between still pushing for what they want and cutting their losses? Well, you know, I think that the person that is res- ultimately responsible for the decision that you want them to make needs to be honest with you and let you know if you're never going to get there. I mean, Richard never said, you're never going to get there. He just told me, at those particular times, I wasn't ready. He said, he never said, in my opinion, you'll never be ready, or in my opinion, you will never get one of these jobs. I think it, you have to be honest with yourself to say, will I ever get where I want to go? I'm just determined to prove someone wrong sooner than they might think. I do believe that it's imperative that everybody understands um, you know where they want to go and if they have the capability to get there. And if you really want something that you, you're not sure you're going to be able to get, you have to prepare yourself for it in whatever way that is. But you also have to maybe be, be realistic and change course. I changed course many times in my career. So I'm a big believer in changing course. My change of course ultimately got me to where I am today, but I didn't know it at the time. So I think uh, women, people, but women especially should not try to take a linear path to where they want to go, but really experiment with their career and learn more things because it ultimately makes you more valuable, a more valuable candidate. Do you think women sometimes just don't ask, though, because they're afraid to hear that no? I've heard statistics or research that says women ask for what they want when they believe they're 100% ready for a job and men do it when they're 60% ready for the job. I think women just wait longer. And I will tell you, to be perfectly honest, it's hard to ask. I don't know why it was hard for me. I didn't necessarily attribute it to my gender. The more I read now, maybe that's true. But once I did it once, I found it very easy. So my advice is always find the courage to do it once and don't wait until you're 100% ready because other people aren't. The people you're competing with for these opportunities are not waiting until they're 100% ready. So don't cut yourself out of the game. You appointed the first American female captain of a cruise ship. How did you deal with the pushback you got from doing this? One of my my proudest moments was appointing the first American captain of a cruise ship. She was actually the first woman captain of a celebrity cruise ship, which was even more exciting. And I never got any pushback for it. I remember the day I told Richard that I hired a woman captain. He said, Lisa, you're a woman CEO. You should have five women captains. And uh, I just laughed. And he's right. Um, but I had to start somewhere. So starting with one was great. And the fact that I was not only able to diversify the gender, I was also also able to diversify nationality by uh, not hiring Kate as an American and as a woman. What's been even more wonderful is since then, I've been able to appoint my second woman uh, captain, an Ecuadorian woman named Nathalie. She's the first Ecuadorian woman, a captain of a cruise ship, and she's the first woman to ever be the captain of a cruise ship in the Galapagos. So yeah, so I've been able to really open up opportunity for women in jobs that have historically and predominantly been held by men. You said women have a responsibility to pay it forward and to promote other women. 
women sometimes don't do that because they're threatened by junior women. How do we change this? Yeah, I remember saying the first part. I don't ever uh, remember saying the second part. I don't... um, I don't know that it, women don't do it because they might feel threatened, but I do believe women could do it more than they currently do it. I do believe that it is incumbent upon all of us to pay it forward. And when we're able to achieve things that women have not historically been able to achieve, it's important that we bring others along with us. And so when I think about the things we've been able to do at Celebrity, we've taken the percentage of women on our bridge, for example, from 5% to over 20% in 18 months. Uh, when I came to the brand, we only, we had no women hotel directors. We now have five. I do my best to ensure that that I bring women into positions in the engineering part of our business as well. And I feel that my role gives me that opportunity. And it's really important that I continue to do all I can to advance other women. You said leaders need to make informed but quick decisions. Otherwise, their teams may get frustrated. Any tips for women leaders? Speed is my friend is one of the things that I say. I don't use speed recklessly, but the interesting part of what I do for a living is I'm a 24-7 business, and we have hotels floating all over the world, and oftentimes the things that we do require very quick decision-making. So for that part, for the operational part of our business, it's imperative that our decisions are quick. The other thing that I realized as I was advancing throughout a corporation is that Things can become bureaucratic, decisions take too long to make, opportunities then become lost, and people who are doing their jobs then become frustrated, and they start giving up. They don't want to just go through the bureaucracy of trying to get good things done and innovation done. So I make it a point um, as a leader to push things out of our way and get things done quickly so we can keep advancing our business and so that our team continues to stay motivated. Join the Wall Street Journal at the Future of Everything Festival on May 21st to 23rd in New York City, where diverse global newsmakers share unique perspectives on navigating a changing world. Immerse yourself in live performances, explore pioneering technologies, and indulge in the city's inventive culinary scene. As a podcast listener, enjoy 20% off current ticket rates with code PODCAST. Visit wsj.com slash f-o-e-f podcast to secure your spot. Got a question about finance or business? Then write podcasts at dowjones.com. Please include your first name and hometown, and we may read your email in a future episode. Again, that's podcasts at dowjones.com. You're listening to Secrets of Wealthy Women from The Wall Street Journal. You've been with the same company for over 30 years. What's your tip for women who want to get ahead by staying with the same company? Yeah, I'm in my 33rd year. And, uh, you know, I'll go back to my paths aren't linear. I have had... I've lost count of the number of jobs that I've had. I've also had the opportunity to go back and forth between our brands of Royal Caribbean and Celebrity twice in my career. Our company is very big. It's made up of a lot of different areas, a lot of different disciplines. You're able to gain additional experience. You're able to learn new parts of the business. So then ultimately, when you get into a situation where you are being considered for a role like mine, the education and experience that you get because you've run 
just about every division in the company and you've done that with both brands, it makes you a really viable candidate for your role. The 33 years has really flown by and I happen to be in a company where there's a lot of opportunity where you never get bored and you can't even believe it's been 33 years. But the thing I would say is stick around, be patient and move around because at the end of the day, you become much more valuable. You often risk falling into sort of a salary uh, stagnation when you stay with the same company. How do you make sure that doesn't happen? Well, the most companies now should always be doing scanning the market for what jobs are worth so that if you're in the same company, if you're growing in the company, you shouldn't run into salary stagnation. If you think you're a, an internal candidate in a company, so you're not maximizing your salary opportunity, then that's something that you always need to question or, cha- or challenge. That's a different issue than the gender pay gap. That's just an internal versus external issue. And some of that is real, but I think it's incumbent upon even us to know what market pays for certain jobs. And if you're an internal candidate um, and if you're getting a position where you're promoted, you you need to know the same information that your company has access to so that you can make sure that that doesn't, uh, you don't bump into that and it discourages you from staying in the same place. You're a big believer in having an advocate. How can women get one? I think that it's two ways, right? Women have to get one and other women or men have to be one. And interestingly, in my career, all of my advocates have been men. And I talk about advocacy versus mentorship because mentorship is always the word that's used. But I don't believe men mentors can necessarily get you where you want to go. I believe advocates can. So you have to have someone who believes in you, who will sponsor you, and who will move you along to achieve your career aspirations. And so I'm a big believer in advocacy. And it it isn't uh, women with women. It's men with women. It's women with men. I advocate for a lot of men, and I have given so many fabulous men that I work with every day great opportunities they otherwise wouldn't have had. So, How do women find those relationships, though? You have to be open to them. You know, I find in my career, the way I have done it is that I am purposeful about it because I, I have always known in my career I wanted to do something else attain a, a higher position. I might not earlier in my career have ever thought I got would get to the C-suite, but I certainly had ambition. And I tried to stand out. I tried to achieve phenomenal results so I would be recognized. And I tried to be purposeful about finding advocates that would help me. They don't just tap you on the shoulder. And I think that's what people sometimes think. You have to search them out. You said you never imagined yourself in this CEO role If you had, you may have achieved it sooner, you also said. What's the lesson for that for other women? I think I limited myself significantly earlier in my career. I started in sales. I was in sales for 17 years. My only aspiration was to be the head of sales. So 17 years later, when the senior vice president of sales and marketing plucked me out of sales and put me into marketing, I felt like all of my dreams were shattered and I was never going to achieve the career I had always dreamed of because I limited myself to what I ever wanted to be. Funny enough, I've never been the head of sales and I've never been the head of marketing. I worked in marketing. I've worked in sales. I've worked in operations. I I was the head of operations. My advice would be to think bigger and dream bigger and set a more ambitious course for yourself. At the end of the day, even if you don't get to the C-suite, you will get a lot further than you ever thought you would. And for me, that's that's my lesson learned as I, as I look back. What personal sacrifices have you had to make to attain your success? I don't think I have had to make any. I try very hard to counterbalance the stress, pressure, and 
general busyness of being a president and CEO with spending time with my family and the things that I care about. I happen to get very lucky and meet the man that I have been with uh, for 35 years who has been um, supportive and has stuck with me on this crazy long journey and through this crazy career. So I'm one of the very fortunate people who has really not made felt like they've made any personal sacrifices. And the one thing that I always want to make sure is I never look back with regret. So I make sure that I counterbalance. On any given day, your life is totally out of balance. But as long as it ends up at some point in time, the ebbs and flow of the imbalance balance out, I think that's the best you can ask for. How did you get your husband to be so understanding about your busy career? I don't think I had to try to. I, For some reason, he was always good with it. And he's never made me feel guilty. He's never made me feel bad. He's always said, yep, just do what you have to do. Um, and believe me, I don't take that for granted. I really feel like I'm uh, uh, wonderfully fortunate. I never had to actually convince him or make him. He was always with me every step of the way. I read it hasn't always been easy for you to speak about your success. How have you been able to become more comfortable speaking about it? Well, I try to use speaking about my success to help other people achieve their own success. And I think that's the thing that probably has gotten me to be more comfortable about talking about it. I realized after I got this job that other people really wanted to understand different things that could also help them get there. So I started talking about my success. I got a little more comfortable. And when people People tell me that it has helped them or inspired them or caused them to do something that they wouldn't have otherwise done. That's really a wonderful outcome, and it makes me a little more comfortable doing it. What role do women need to play in getting equal pay? Again, I go back to knowledge and persistence, and I don't think that, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that, right? There are a lot of um, longevity is something, you know, when you think about somebody that's been in a job for a lot longer than you, it's natural that they are probably making more than you because they have been in the system longer. And, you know, we're all given, you know, progressive raises as we go. So there's some of that, there's um, size of uh, the operational unit you're running. There are a lot of factors that go into that. But if you're really looking at an apples to apples job, and your results are you know, really good and better than others, then I think you need to just, again, be persistent. And I'll go right back to the ask. And money is a really uncomfortable thing to talk about. But honestly, until and unless we do it more and until and unless it gets more and more attention and women just, you know, stop tolerating it and we find people who will ensure that it happens, either running HR divisions or CEOs of corporations or boards who insist upon it, um, we're not going to get where we need to go. But I think women can play a big role in getting us there faster. At least I, I believe we can. How did you learn about personal finance? I hired really smart people to help me. I think that it's just like work. You know, I'm the president and CEO, but I don't know every single thing there is to know. I'm not necessarily a subject matter expert on everything I'm responsible for. So I hire really smart people to do those jobs and help me do mine. And that's the same thing with financial management. I think you have to know that you need to use these opportunities to be able to live comfortably when you're ready and make the right investments. And you need to hire someone that really knows what they're doing and that you trust. What's the biggest personal financial move you've made since you became CEO? 
personally. I've diversified my portfolio and I've hired three different organizations to help manage it for me. So I also not only diversify with my corporate equity, but I also then take whatever out, you know, whatever there is from that and I also disperse it as well so that I'm well balanced and I'm not worrying about one thing or another so that so in the end it it should work out okay. And three different firms because because I'm limiting my risk. As CEO, you learn to limit your risk. What's the next hot travel destination? Uh, For us, Iceland and the Spice Route. Those are the two most popular destinations for us right now. People are very interested in going to India, and people are very interested in Iceland, and Game of Thrones is totally responsible for that. Time now for your secrets. I'm Lisa Lutoff Perlo. My money secret is to balance and diversify your portfolio, whatever it is, so that you limit your risk and you protect your assets. This episode was produced by Tanya Bustos with special help from J.R. Whalen. John Wardock is the executive producer of WSJ Podcasts. I'm Veronica Dagger. Thanks for listening. What's your secret? Let us know. Write podcasts at DowJones.com or on Twitter, use hashtag Secrets of Wealthy Women.